happens. And uh, friends, we have needs, and that's what we've been talking about uh, in, in this sermon series that we're actually wrapping up today. And uh, we have a desperate need to find Sabbath rest with God. And so we have been talking about this idea of finding rest. We've been learning to intentionally take time to have a stop day to rest before the Lord and to be still and to know that He is God. Now, last week we learned that, well, there are certain commodities in this world, like money is a commodity and, and, and time is a commodity. We say things like time is money. And whenever you have a commodity, they're not easily able to be able to part with. And that can be said both of time and money. We're so busy living 24-7 that we can't conceive of having any time to give to God for rest. And if we're honest, giving to God may be as challenging as, uh, giving time to God may be as challenging as giving God our money. Now, friends, this is not a stewardship sermon. That's to come in another month. You know that's coming, right? But uh, so, friends, don't, don't start freaking out right now. It'll be okay, I promise. But if we're honest about it, friends, we need to understand that Sabbath is giving time to God for the rest we were created for, and that generosity and Sabbath keeping go hand in hand. It's a gift. It's giving time back to God, the time that God gives given to us. You see, many of us don't take the time for rest, and we have a hard time, therefore, giving rest to others. Sabbath and giving go hand in hand. Sabbath rest was practiced by God, and it was a gift that was given to the Israelites in the desert when they were wandering around. And oh, by the way, from there, it's been given to the world for the rest of our existence. Now, if you talk about giving money away, people will scratch their heads almost always in our culture. What do you mean you're giving away money? What do you mean you're tithing to the church? You know, the idea of giving anything away monetarily is a head-scratcher for our culture. It's so counter-cultural. It makes no worldly sense. Well, friends, it's the same thing with the Sabbath. You see, friends, while the fourth commandment is about keeping the Sabbath, for the believer, it is about giving the Sabbath away. There is no separating Sabbath and giving. It's been set aside as a day of rest for renewal of our soul and also recharging our impulses to be and to live generously with our God. And when we encourage a day of rest for others, we are acting in obedience and we're acting generously. All attributes and characteristics our God has shown towards us. See, while it is good and holy to take a Sabbath, it is godly to give one. And if you keep a Sabbath, you probably also tithe. And if you tithe, you probably also keep a Sabbath. You see, both come from a worldview of abundance, and by keeping one counterintuitive habit, you better know the benefits of the other counterintuitive habit. In other words, somebody looks at you and says, how in the world do you find time to take a stop day with your family? And it's just because you say, well, listen, I've learned to give all that I have to God, and I, I give a portion of my, my, the, the money that comes in to my God because he, he, he commands me to. And then they say, well, how is it that you figured out how to give your money away to God? And you say, well, because I practice the Sabbath rest every single week and, and, uh, and one day a week, and I give it to God. And, and, and when I'm pausing and I'm quiet before God, he shows me all that uh, he's given me, and I can't help but not give to my God. You see how they go hand in hand? I mean, one counterintuitive habit allows us to better know the benefits of another counterintuitive 
habit. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 8, in the New Living Translation, read this. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Friends, can we say here and now, no matter where we are in our life, no matter what kind of job we have or income we have, can we just say that we are blessed? I mean, we are blessed. We are blessed with an abundance. We are blessed with the abundance of blessings of God from heaven in our lives. And the Sabbath is meant to be given away because of all the blessings God has given us. And giving and hospitality are primary ingredients to Sabbath keeping. They just go together. Hospitality focuses on the guest. And it shows, and it shows that we and it shows love to the company that we keep when we offer hospitality to our guests. You see, the Sabbath is built in it is a built-in day to ensure everyone in our family can, a, can count on being together. And with everyone going six different directions all week long, it is rare in our culture for a family to even sit down and have a meal together. And I'm not talking about, you know, Johnny over here on his electronic device and, and the family sitting over here watching TV and they got, they got their meal there and then someone's at the table sitting down and having a meal. To actually sit down together with all of the electronics turned off and the distractions turned off and to sit down and actually have a meal together. Or better yet, for a family to actually sit down and spend an entire day together doing nothing but being quiet together before God or just enjoying each other's company or practicing this Sabbath. You see, Sabbath forces us to spend quality time with honored guests at God's table and our table to share a meal together. And in sharing that meal together to tell stories and to laugh and enjoy and to catch up and to go deeper. Friends, can you picture the Jesus and the disciples all doing that at the Lord's table that last supper when we shared that earlier today? Friends, we are missing quality and quantity family time opportunities to get to know our children and opportunities for our children to get to know us. You see, showing hospitality and sharing meals with others and offering Sabbath rest is such a, a generous opportunity for us to be able to give it away. So friends, maybe we'll be willing to do that with a friend or a neighbor down the street or a college student that just needs a good meal or the missionary who's in town or the widow that we know that's all alone or just the person that God puts on our heart, we'll invite them over to sit down at the Lord's table and, and just have a Sabbath rest or have a meal together and enjoy one another's company, friends. You know, as we've witnessed before, inviting somebody over to our house to have a meal, it often draws our family together. For me, it allows me to see my family interact with them that brings a deeper and closer appreciation and better understanding of my own family. Gaston, Jumbo, uh, Gaston and Tumbo and Jean and Tumbo uh, are a wonderful married couple and a family from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And we hosted uh, Gaston and Tumbo and a friend of his one time at our house when they were here stateside sharing their missionary journey. And we had a meal together. And friends, I loved every minute of watching my children interact with him and him interact with them and to ask questions and, 
and, and, and they had conversations and discussions I've never really witnessed happen in my household before. They just, it was a different line of conversation and questions, and they learned so much. And there was just, there was just this Holy Spirit moment where God just, just brought such a wonderful reality that just hadn't been there before because we had entertained this quote-unquote stranger on this Sabbath restful meal that we had together. I saw our family in a completely different light. Friends, this is what happens when we rest before God and we invite other people into our life to do that together and give the Sabbath away. You see, in Genesis chapter 18, Abraham entertains three strangers, the Bible tells us, three strangers that God sent. And when those strangers arrive, Abraham goes to his wife and says, listen, we need to prepare the best foods and we're gonna relax and we're gonna hang out. And they did that almost all day long. They ate together. And in this gift of rest and generosity and hospitality that Abraham shows these three strangers, we know that God's presence shows up because in that scripture, it says God was there. God was in this moment of hospitality and respite and breaking bread and Sabbath together. That's why we get verses of scripture in the New Testament, like in Hebrews 13, verse 2. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it, friends. You see, family members can feel like strangers. We're just passing by each other all week long, passing like strangers in the night or during the day, and, and when we slow down and sit down and sit at the table, and give Sabbath rest and hospitality to each other and to others, that's when God's Holy Spirit shows up and does amazing things in our lives. You see, friends, Sabbath giving and hospitality causes a deep reflection and gives us a fresh God perspective. Now, a lot of you are parents out here, or grandparents, and you're like, how do you work together parenting and the Sabbath? Those things are such a struggle. Let's talk about parenting and Sabbath just for a moment. See, parenting is hard work, and so how do you honor the Sabbath and also honor the duties of parenting as well? If you've ever been a parent or are one right now or now a grandparent, you would admit that parenting is a daunting commitment that never seems to let up. But parenting also gives us a gift. It actually frees us up of being self-centered when the needs of the child begin to take over the things that we think we need as an individual and therefore teaches us as the adult or the mom and the dad, it teaches us generosity. It teaches us how to give away our time, one of the greatest commodities on this earth. In a significant way that you can show, child, show your child God and his love and his purpose is by generously practicing and giving them the Sabbath. You see, friends, if we're honest, there are so many young people that at a college age are leaving the church, and in some cases, they aren't coming back. And you want to know why? Because children do what they are taught. Children do what they are taught. And they grew up with parents who worshiped many lesser gods. Friends, I want to share with you today, I praise God that I'm in love with my God. I praise God that I'm an active part of a vibrant body of Christ here at Rolling Plans. I praise God for a vibrant faith that he's given me. I praise God that he's taught me to honor the Sabbath rest. I praise God that Aaron and I have been practicing tithing since the very first day that we were married. Friends, you want to know why I'm able to do all of that? It's because it's what my parents showed me. It's what my parents showed me. Every morning, every Sunday morning when we were kids, we went to church every single Sunday morning. And I'm here to tell you, there were Saturday nights where I looked at my parents and I was tired and I wanted to hang out a little bit longer. I was like, no, we got to head home. It's time for us to go to bed because we got to get up for church in the morning. I said, but, but mom and dad, my buddies, they're not going to church in the morning. Why do we have to go to church in the morning? And they said, well, it's just, that's what we do in this household. We, we go to church on Sunday morning. 
And then we would go to church on Sunday morning, we'd get back and we'd have a Sunday meal together. We would rest and relax, and we rarely went anywhere. Now, we did do some things, and we went some places. It wasn't just the, the practice of a religious habit, it was relational. And of course, we did some things, but we rarely did go anywhere. And what happened is I noticed in my life as I became a teenager and I started to go out into the workforce, like I started working at Ponderosa Steakhouse, which by the way, it's a shame that those are all gone. I mean, this generation has no idea what it's like to just walk up to a real cheap buffet and eat cheap food. I mean, it's just praise be to God and get a a steak that's been there for three days at the same time. It's just wonderful. It's, just, it's wonderful. I, I just, so I was working there, and you want to know what? I remember the first time I was scheduled on a Sunday, and I showed up. Just as a part-time job. I mean, I'm in school still, right? It's like no big deal. I show up on a Sunday, get some, get some work in, a couple extra hours. You know, I got freedom anyways, right? Because our family doesn't really schedule anything on Sunday after church, and so I'm coming in, I'm working, and I got to tell you, there was something inside of me. I can't explain it to you. I, honest to God, can't explain it to you. There's something inside of me that welled up and said, I just, I just don't want to be here. Now, it's not that normal feeling that you have as a human being, like, I don't feel like going to work today. No, I I mean, it was just that moment in my life where I was like, oh my gosh, I was blessed to be here last night. I mean, I closed the night before on Saturday. I was there until 1030 at night. I I love being there Friday and earning some money and closing out Friday night, but I was just, there was something inside of me that was was just, there was a tiredness inside of me. There was a longing for a nap. There was a longing for rest. And I just, all I can say to you is, is that being, growing, up, growing up in the household that I did, there was just something inside of me that, that knew that, that, that Sunday was meant for Sabbath rest. You know, it's interesting because that conversation continues on into our family and, and my current family right now. You see, as I honored that as a young person and learned to honor that and feel it in my bones, I started to just not schedule myself with Ponderosa on Sundays, and I worked, if I had to, I worked after school or after practice during the week or, or stayed later on Friday night and Saturday night. And because that was instilled inside of me, it's something that I carried on into the family that God has now blessed me with. And we, I've instilled it, and Aaron and I have instilled that into our family. There, there, was a, there was a time in our life where one of our children wanted to get involved with, with uh, uh, sports on the weekend, and travel ball or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and we had to take a look at our schedule and say, you know what, there's just no way that we can give away 52 Sundays in 52 weeks a year to this travel ball. It's not going to work for us. Friends, I'm not here to say there's anything wrong with that. I'm talking about my family. For us, it just wasn't going to work. And we, and we had to go to that family member and say, you know what, this is just not something we can do because our Sundays are sacred to, to, to us. And we also, not only with that, we've been, we also uh, deflect other events and other things. There's just things that we don't get a chance to go and do because we've made certain decisions about what our Sabbath day is going to look like. Now, I'm here to tell you that that family member has survived not being able to play travel ball. And as a matter of fact, uh, th- today, they sadly are not a professional athlete, and neither are your children that have played travel ball uh, every single Sunday for the last four years. Think about that for a second, friends. That's just our family. That's just the way that we've approached, and we've looked at practicing the Sabbath in our own family. So, so now watch this. My daughter Isabel works at uh, the South Side Bob Evans. Anybody run into my daughter Isabel? Uh, down here at Bob Evans, Southside. Get in there sometime and see her. She loves her job. She enjoys it. When she signed up for that job, she looked at her, uh, the person hiring her, and, and said, um, is it okay if you don't sign me up on Sundays? I don't want to work on Sundays. I didn't tell her to do that. She came back and said, I, I told him I can't work on Sundays. I told him my dad's a preacher and I got to be in church on Sunday morning. And better yet, uh, I want to be at youth group on Sunday night. You know, it's interesting. Last week, she's been there. They got a new GM. They kind of turned over management over there. Doing a great job there, by the way. Doing a great job. 
And uh, the, uh, the, the, um, her, her manager came to her, uh, Isabel came to her manager and said, well, how come I got scheduled on, on this Sunday? She got scheduled for a Sunday. And, uh, and, and the manager said to the GM, you're not, you can't schedule Isabel on a Sunday. She's got to go to church. <laughs> She's got youth group. We, we, we know in this place we don't schedule Isabel on a Sunday. You want to talk about somebody that's something that preaches. There was a sermon being preached over there, and they had no idea. Because it's just inherent in my daughter. She's, she said, I don't want to be working on Sundays because I got church and I got youth group, friends. That's a 17-year-old daughter. I can't teach that with words. I can only teach that with action. Friends, we got to raise our families to keep the Sabbath and understand the importance of it. Friends, I want to I share something with you. Do you realize that raising your family to keep the Sabbath means as a parent you actually work less? All of a sudden, all the parents are leaning in. Can you please tell me about that, Pastor John? I would love that. Think about this for a second. It's so logical that we don't even know how to do it. Think, think about this. When you raise a family to keep the Sabbath, it means that you work less as a parent. Because I have personally witnessed so many families running kids all over, all weekend long, all year long, with full schedules, wearing themselves out, wearing their children out. And nobody labors harder than parents who raise their kids to serve multiple gods. Nobody works harder than that. And so God is calling us to a better model and a better way to live, and that is to find Sabbath rest. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 29, it's Jesus' invitation. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burdens is light." There's burned out parents all over the world trying to figure out life, and God is just saying, come to me, I'm going to show you rest. And you say, well, what do you know about rest? And Jesus says, oh, by the way, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I think I know a little bit about rest. I think I know a little bit about rest. It's the invitation of God. Jesus wants to lighten your load, parents. Jesus wants to carry your burdens, parents. Jesus wants to give you the power and the strength to raise your children, parents. He wants you to be able to provide your children with incredible purpose, direction, and blessings like nothing else can. And friends, parents, it starts with the Sabbath. If you want to work less as a parent, practice the Sabbath, and you say, I don't know how to slow down, and I don't know if I'm allowed to slow down. Is it noble for me to slow down? And God says, it absolutely is. I did on the seventh day, and I'm the God of the universe. And I give you permission to do the very same thing. You see, friends, I remember growing up, um, and there was a placard hanging on the wall in the laundry room in our, in our household, and it's Joshua 24, 15b. This is actually going to be a, a, the verse uh, for a sermon series we're going to start next week called Faith and Family. And this, this scripture verse was, was hung on the laundry room in our, in our laundry room, and it says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now, I'm going to flesh that out for four weeks, and we're going to talk about faith and family and God's incredible design for the family unit and how God can raise us up together uh, and, and raise up incredible godly families. But you see, many of us may say this, but for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. But if we skip the Sabbath and spend an entire week worshiping other gods, what message will our children and our family be internalizing? Think about that for a second. How well is our house serving the Lord if we break the fourth commandment week in and week out? Think about this. Sabbath teaches our children a huge lesson that words can't teach. It teaches that life does not revolve around us or our busy schedules, but our life revolves around our God. It revolves around God. 
When you practice the Sabbath, you are not just saying it, you are showing it. And parenting is laborious and intensive work. Can I get an amen from all the parents in the house? It is intensive. It is laborious. It will wear yourself out. So do yourself a favor, follow God's law, and take a rest. Like I said, he did. And if God needs that opportunity to do that, then so do we in our life. Let Jesus and his day do some heavy lifting for you, parents and grandparents. So let's just uh, finish the rest of our time together with five thoughts about what your Sabbath day looks like. Five, five thoughts about, uh, not just to end this sermon, but this series, okay? Five thoughts about what your Sabbath looks like. Number one, Sabbath starts with church. Faith and growth and, and, and understanding the presence of God is most...
day, friends. Think about that. That's what your Sabbath is going to look like. Number four, reflect. Reflect on your week and the simple ways God showed himself. And do something to assist you in the refilling of the wonder and awe of God. So in other words, is whatever you're watching, listening to, are you closer to God? Does it draw you to be stiller with God, to reflect more on his holiness? Or is it just disruptive? Or is it just, is it just white noise out there to kind of just drown out everything else? You see, Sabbath is a day to celebrate a God who makes time for us to be with him and to transform us from human doings into human beings. So friends, maybe on your Sabbath day, you want to have breakfast with your family, sleep in a little bit, come to the late service. And, and if you come, come to the, the early, early service, service, and maybe for some of you 10 o'clock's early, then that's fine. Go home and relax afterwards with your family. Reflect on the scripture that, that, that Pastor John gives you in the sermon. Uh, listen to some music, take a nap. That's what Jesus did. Play with your children. Maybe for your children, if they're really young, there's just a certain basket of toys that they're only allowed to use on the Sabbath, and it just becomes a real special gift to get those toys out on that day. And maybe you're going to follow Psalm 23, and you're going to be led to still waters and green pastures, and maybe you're just going to relax on your porch swing. Friends, I'm here to tell you, missionary journeys will teach you a lot, and I've had a chance to go to, uh, to uh, Baldwin, Louisiana, uh, and to go to Sager Brown, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, Sager Brown Depot, and I've been there three uh, years with this church three years, and then another year in my previous church, and it's incredible. And on Sunday morning, before we arrive in Baldwin, Louisiana, we stop somewhere, and we go to the same Baptist church that I went to when I was at Old Fort, my previous church, and that I've led the three trips on that we've been to the same Baptist church. And, uh, and anybody that's been on that trip, do you know what the name of that town is? What's the name of it? Picayune, Mississippi. Picayune, Mississippi. Now, I'm here to tell you that, that it, it is as relaxing as that sounds. Picking you in Mississippi. Friends, I noticed the first time that I rolled in there on a Sunday morning, there was nobody in town. I, could, I, I didn't see a soul. There was nobody walking on the streets. And they had one of those, like, town squares, just beautiful flowers everywhere. They had, they had buildings in commerce. You know, they had, they had uh, restaurants and things. There's nobody walking. I'm like, where is everybody? It was, it was like a time warp. Where, where is everybody? The rapture happened? I mean, what, what, what in the world? You want to know where everybody was on a Sunday morning? I know this is counterintuitive to our culture these days. Guess where everybody was? They were in church. You want to know what something else I noticed? Is when we started driving by the houses, almost every one of the houses had a porch swing in front of it. And I started picturing them on what they were doing on that Sunday after church. Is, and, and, the, and, you know, the lady showed up, and, 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 and the guy showed up, and the family showed up, and they all showed up at the church, and the Bible's in their hands, and, and they got the Word of God. And I knew what they were doing after that. They were all going to go home and hang out with their families, and they were going to sit on those porch swings, and they were going to sip some sweet tea. Not talking about sipping a sweet tea out of one of those perfectly hewn uh, glassware things from Cosmopolitan magazine. I'm talking about drinking it out of a, a container jar that you put a lid on top of. That kind of sweet tea drinking. That's what I'm talking about. Friends, I'm here to tell you something spoke to me before I even got to church that day. I'm sitting here thinking, uh, Picayune, Mississippi still gets it. Picayune, Mississippi still gets it. And, and how, do I, how do I grab a piece of picking you in Mississippi? I'm like, man, I'm, I mean, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to retire down in this place. I mean, my goodness, this is awesome. You want to know what God says is you can take picking you in Mississippi back, back with you to South Zanesville. It's just a matter of how you're going to view your God and how you're going to practice the Sabbath. Friends, think about that. Think about that. You know, find ourselves in this place where we can reflect on the goodness of God and slow down with our family and find a porch swing, a porch swing or two, and a big old thing of sweet tea if that's what we need. You see, Jesus is giving us the gracious invitation to the weary, the heavy, the laden to come and find rest in him, to find purpose in the Sabbath, and to set aside time just to be with him. So fifth and finally, I'm running out of time here, don't just fill the time. 
When God gives you and makes you wealthy and rich with time, don't just fill the time, finding something to fill it. You see, many of us dread the thought of being quiet and alone with our thoughts because we're anxious about what might fill our mind. And if we never take the time to stop and rest and listen to our God, how will we know what we are, how will we know what he's saying and where he's leading us in life? You see, rather than finding things to fill time, we need to spend time with our, the creator of our universe to fill you. Rather than finding things to fill time, we need to find time with our creator to fill us. We were meant for the Sabbath. Our life is designed by God for rest, so we need to stop and to have a stop day to rest, reflect, listen, and just be, to be with and in awe of our Creator. And when we are blessed with time from God, we give that time away. We give our time to God to use for His restorative glory. You see, friends, there's only one commandment out of the top 10 commandments, the Casey Kasem's top 10 out of the 613 commandments that are out there in the Old Testament. And the, and the fourth one is to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Only one of those 10 starts with the word remember. You wanna know why? Because out of those 10, it may be the hardest one to remember. It may be the hardest one to practice. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Three action steps and we're done. Number one, try to keep the Sabbath for the next month. Try to keep one day a week for the next month as a Sabbath for you and your family. Number two, what do you need to let go of to keep a Sabbath? What do you, some of you, this is gonna require some really painful and difficult conversations. It may have to, you may have to redo your entire family philosophy. But what do you need to let go of to keep a Sabbath? And then number three, have a meal with your family. I'm not talking about sitting in front of the television set and having the, the, the AirPods on over here and, and, and checking the stocks over here and, and doing whatever else you're doing. Sit down with the family, turn the electronics off, and see what God does. Friends, let's pray. Lord God, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this Sabbath day that you've given us. Lord God, we love you. We need you. We need each other. Lord God, we struggle. We, we are admitting to you, we, we confessed it last week, Lord God, that we're workaholics, that we ain't got no time to rest because we don't even think that rest is noble. God, we confess that to you. Lord God, would you help us turn from our wicked ways and would you help us to, to, to make Sabbath rest happen in our life so that we can know who it is and why it is we work for. Lord God, thank you so much for the gift you've given us. There's some of us here today, we're broken, we're struggling, we're, we're exhausted, we're weary, and, and, and you're just saying, it's, it's right here, the solution is right in front of you, it's me. You're, you're saying, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus, you're speaking to us now, your Holy Spirit is falling into our hearts, and, and, and the solution is so close, but yet we don't know how to grab a hold of it, friends. And God, remind us here today that it's just as simple as, it's just as simple as seeking your Holy Spirit as we say, help, help God. I need, I need help to kick the habit of workaholism or, or busyness or, or, or running my family six ways from Sundays every single weekend of the year. Lord God, help me to slow down. Help our family to, to, to relook at the DNA of who we are and what you're calling us to be. Lord God, minister to our hearts even now. Minister to our hearts even now. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I want to invite you to stand. Um, our worship team's come out. They're going to lead us in a closing song. And, uh, and while we're doing this closing song, the altar area is open. And, and, and again, some of us are worn out. We're weary. And the solution is right in front of us, but we don't know how to grab a hold of it. We don't know how to make it a part of our life. Friends, I want to invite you to just come forward and rest at the altar. Rest at the altar and, and seek God's help and pray and say, God, I need you. I need you in my parenting, in my household, in my relationships. I need rest, God. Show me how. I'm worn out and I'm weary. I'm broken. God, show me how to come to you. And friends, I want to invite you to make your way to the front. I want to invite you to, to, to fill this, this front end where, where people are going to raise holy hands to God and say, God, I need you. Thank you for giving the Sabbath, and Lord God, show me how to give it away. Let's sing this closing song. Mm -hmm.